What's up, everybody? It's Julie and Kathleen with another episode of my favorite episode of... Wait, what? Say hello. Oh, hi. I thought you were, I was like, oh, we're doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing Buffy. Hey. You, you can like cut out that like five seconds. Yeah, just cut, just, just put it Cut in out the empty head. space. Yeah. It's Kathleen. It's Kathleen and Julie with another episode of my favorite episode of... Hi, I'm Kathleen. <laughs> it's me. You're throwing me off. I feel like it's gonna keep looping. Like we're on another episode of my favorite episode of my favorite episode of my favorite episode. Yeah, of right. My favorite episode. Oh, that'd be amazing. Today we have Joey with us. Welcome, Joey. Hey, Hello. Joey. And we will be talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer yes. season three, episode eighteen, Earshot. Very excited about this. M- me too. Yeah, it's my favorite episode. Of your favorite TV show. Yes. 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 Buffy is 100%. Did you watch it live? Like when it was airing? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. The funny thing is, I remember not wanting to watch it. And my sister was like, it's Buffy. You'll like it. And I was like, that's for girls. And I watched the first episode and I was like, this show is made for me. Yeah. (laughs) Here until forever. I love it. I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. So I was in. This show has been like recommended to me multiple times. So I knew I was going to like it. It's the first episode I've ever seen of (sighs) Buffy. It's been just one of those ones where I knew I was going to binge it at some point. I just haven't gotten around to it. Did this first episode give you a flavor? Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah, it's great. You didn't watch it when you were like younger? No, never. Not one episode. Well, I guess because it was just you and your brother and he wasn't like as old as producer Matt. So like, I watched it as a kid, but that was because producer Matt was like super into it. Yeah. But like, I remember just like, watching it because Sarah Michelle Gellar was on it and just thinking she was like the most amazing thing. I know. (laughs) She's goals. Yeah, like she's just like so good. But I didn't really remember like that much about like I was surprised that so I watched it when I was younger and then obviously didn't continue watching it and then watched it for this episode. Um and I didn't really like remember much. I actually have a lot of questions that I think I'm gonna need clarification on. Um, but before we get into that, can you just give us a quick summary of what the show is all about for those who didn't watch the show or do not watch the show currently? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So into every generation, a slayer is born. She alone will stand against the vampires, (laughs) the demons and the forces of darkness because she is the slayer. Uh, and and what it really is, is, um, it's kind of Spider-Man-y like, she has superpowers and she has to fight evil. Um, I, I guess that pretty much sums it up, right? I have a quick question. Sure. Is this a world where other, obviously there's demons and stuff, but are there other magical beings other than slayers? Like I read the wiki, which I probably shouldn't have, um, but I saw that Willow maybe gets some powers later on. And I'm like, okay, now now I need to know what kind of world we're living in, what happens in this universe. I think like any good supernatural science fiction show, all the normal people end up getting superpowers okay. or some sort of skill to help them keep up with the the Slayer who is basically like super strong, a little super fast. Um, I think the, the key thing about it, because really... Um, and I didn't get it so much when I was younger, but I get it a lot more now that I'm older and I have a daughter and a wife and I, I, I've rewatched it, is that it's supposed to be this really good allegory for like being a woman and being a strong woman. Sure. Like she is forced by these men to protect the world, like most of the Watchers. Uh, watchers are literally a council of English people who uh, watch the Slayer. It's funny you say Imagine that because I that. literally have it written down. Like, why are the two older gentlemen British? I'm like, why are they both British when nobody else is British? Because 
Because British is classy. Because British is the one. They are, right. like, they're all English gentlemen. You know, I think it goes back to that sort of the theme of, like, men trying to control women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think just in the history of America, at least, Britain was America's man. Okay. It was like, you can't be free. You can't go have your own life. You got to be a... I'm not really good at history, but... Germany either. I, I know you that could say we, anything, and I'd be like, you're right. You're I, so I, right. I know we fought a war yeah. to be free. So Allegedly. I watched Hamilton, so... <laughs> it's made up by the government. <laughs> <sighs> well, I did notice that. So, obviously, this is just, like, a, ra- a random episode. It's not the first episode. So, we got, like, a previously on Buffy the Vampire oh, Slayer. Yeah. Right. And, like, absolute, like... Fire cast. Can we talk about? Well, okay. So the girl from Bring It On yes. is on, isn't mm-hmm. it? Elijah I'm really, I'm really bad at names, so I'm just gonna say what they're from, and then you guys can. Say oh, she's Faith really in the fine. show, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. I thought so. I actually wrote Faith with a question mark because I was like, they kept referencing Faith, but then she yeah. wasn't in this episode. Um, the chick from American Pie that producer Matt has a crush on, Allison Hannigan, Willow, yeah, Seth Green, love that yep. Oz. I'm really memorizing. And this then for of you. course, yeah. um, <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. So like yeah. some really top ninety stars in there. Truly. When when the previously owned came, it was just like bad costumes, at least like five punches. I was like, hell yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, we, oh, yeah. they start you off good with that nineties like that like juicy nineties. It's like, yeah. And then right in the beginning she's like kicking some like funny ass demon. Yep. Like the way that that costume is so good. Yeah. I'm like, this is so nineties and I love it. I, I think about this stuff now. I'm like, man, could you I they just don't make shows like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Shows that had 24 episodes a season, and every week they had an hour-long episode, and you know they went to some guy, and they were like, we need two demons without mouths for right. specifically next week. Yeah. And I, I can't even imagine the, t- the amount of work that took. And I just CGI everything now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, obviously there's going to be people who have never seen this episode. Can you give us a quick summary of what the episode's about? Okay. So on the top level, Buffy's fighting a demon with no mouth and she gets infected by its blood and it turns out that it's a psychic demon so she can read minds. So classic sci-fi show trope of, you know, I now know what people are thinking. I now know what they think of me. Um, but on this lower level, because it doesn't come in until about almost halfway through the episode, I feel, she finds out someone in her school is planning to kill everybody else. And so, fun historical fact, though this episode was obviously written months before it happened, this episode was pulled because Columbine happened the week before this episode was supposed to air. Oh, wow. No way. Yeah. So, so they pulled it and never aired it? I believe they aired it after the season ended. So so there was no like plot that we missed out on? They could just skip to the next episode? Well, it was a crazy season in general because of Columbine and because of so much worry about school violence. At the end of season three, they played the first part of the season finale and didn't play the second part that summer. I literally remember going to my TV and being like, oh, my God, I can't wait to find out what happened. Are they going to defeat the bad guy? And it said, like, we're not going to be airing this episode. So I don't think I saw either this episode or the season finale of season three until it came out on DVD and I bought it. Wow. Yeah. So it's intense, you know. And there's six seasons of the show? Seven. Seven. And this falls in three. Yes. Okay. And why is it your favorite? 
My favorite show or my favorite episode? episode? Okay. This originally was not my favorite episode. When I first started watching Buffy, I was young, like pre-high school. And actually, my favorite episode was a season two episode where Xander makes all the girls fall in love with him using magic. And then real I got magic? real magic, okay. real magic. And then I got older and I was like, man, I was really immature for thinking that was my favorite episode. <laughs> but as time has gone on, this episode is the one that has stuck with me the most. Mm -hmm. If I feel sad or lonely or if I think people are ignoring me or not thinking about me, I always think about that finale in the clock tower and what she says to Jonathan. Right. Stop saying my name like we're friends. We're not friends. You all think I'm an idiot. A short idiot. I don't. I don't think about you much at all. Nobody here really does. Bugs you, doesn't it? You have all this pain all these feelings and nobody's really paying attention you think i just want attention no i think you're up in the clock tower with a high-powered rifle because you want to blend in believe it or not jonathan i understand about the pain oh right because the burden of being beautiful and athletic that's a crippler you know what i was wrong you are an idiot my life happens to on occasion suck beyond the telling of it sometimes more than i can handle and it's not just mine every single person down there is ignoring your pain because they're too busy with their own beautiful ones popular ones the guys that pick on you has stuck with me over the years mm -hmm. um probably more than anything else on buffy and buffy is good i don't yeah. want to knock buffy buffy yeah. has at least five solid seasons of like great quotes and episodes uh they do an episode entirely about the uh the death of a character uh that is absolutely moving and touching but this is the one that has stuck with me the most and that i think of the most gotcha and can you tell us the story behind joe and buffy Wait, Joe? Isn't his name Joe? Me? Uh, no, isn't there a guy named Joe? No. Jonathan? No, who's the guy that... Angel? I thought his name was Joe. I wrote it down Joe. Yeah. The guy I mean, that's like... I think he's like... <laughs> What's the story between you and Buffy? Like, what, are you, what, is, what do you got going on there? The guy that's a vampire. I think he's a vampire. Angel. Oh, Angel. I thought his name was Joe. <laughs> wow. I Maybe I you that. heard the end, like, Joel. Joel. Joe. No. I, I wish he had been named Joe, so the spinoff could have just been like Joe. You could keep you know? that in. Oh, yeah, because he got his own spinoff, right? He did, yeah. yeah. How many seasons did that last? 
five, but it should have gone on longer. Really? It was good? I actually think Angel overall is a better show than Buffy. Mm -hmm. But I think Buffy matters more. Hold on. And Faith is in... Faith is in that, right? Yes. Okay. And she gets better. Every character in Buffy that goes to the Angel spinoff got better. They got more interesting. What, did they ever overlap? She says Yes, so. actually. Okay. So when I tell people, if you're ever watching mm -hmm. Buffy and Angel, when you get to season four of Buffy and season one of Angel, you can't just watch one sure. season and then go to the next. Mm -hmm. You have to watch first episode, season four of Buffy, first episode, season wow. one, Angel. Because yeah. when they happened, it was this Tuesday night event. Where it was like Buffy and Angel Tuesdays. Yeah. And every now and then they'd straight up have a crossover episode that was back to back. So you'd watch a Buffy episode and then it would cross over into the Angel episode mm -hmm. after it. That's, um, it aired on the WB or, it did. and then which, was it ever the CW or whatever? Yeah, after season five, yeah. it moved to the CW. I'm a huge CW gal. Like now I watch Supergirl, Flash Hour, and that's similar. They do a lot right. of crossovers and oh, a God, lot yeah. of overlap there. And you, you can watch it separately, especially Supergirl, because technically, She's in another on another yeah, yeah. Earth, but like it help it really helps to be able to watch them all I, at once. I couldn't even imagine having a world like that. Like at the time, Buffy and Angel was a lot. I couldn't imagine being like, "All right, I got to catch up on Green Arrow, The Flash, yeah. Supergirl, Black Legends Lightning, of Tomorrow." Right? Yeah, but I do. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to find. It's not Joe. He's not Joe. I'm telling you. She says something about Joe. Now you have to keep it in. <laughs> now I'm like really fucking pissed this off. This is the only Joe we care about I'm today. Sure. No. He's sitting right next to it's us. It's when she's trying to read his mind. I think she calls him like average Joe vampire oh. or something. Man, took that too literal, didn't I? <laughs> no, no, you know what? So we I did hear Joe, right? We need a clip of that. Can we pull a clip yeah, of that? Hold on. Would you just hold the yeah, fuck yeah. on? Joe. We, you're she not says you're exactly. Not. You're not exactly Joe. I know. She might as well say your name's not Joe. This is just a saying. This is just a <laughs> turn of phrase. <laughs> it, in all fairness, like I thought you were saying, like you're not exactly. I had to like, Google his name. I had no Joe. idea. Joe. I mean, that's fine. I would call that. So I've actually found a lot of people have trouble with Buffy because of like the Whedonisms, the way Whedon, Joss Whedon, and his staff wrote. Um, my friend at the time wouldn't watch the show because he was like, oh, it's too California, like 90s California mm -hmm. dialect. The the It was that uh, it was like that Dawson's Creek, like all the teenagers know all the pop culture references as well as all the philosophical and historic yes. references. Yeah. Right. Um, that makes good TV, though. I it love does. That. Oh, I, I loved that growing up. I was like, teenagers are so smart. I can't wait till I get to high school. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of how Riverdale is now. Like they're they're oh. so quick and witty and all the cult pop culture references. And like as if Cheryl knows all like that history. She's like constantly dropping shit where right. it's like, no, Riverdale no, has gotten it. so cringe. Yeah, it's Riverdale's really bad. bad. I wish I shouldn't have even brought it up. But to re-ask the question now that I know his name, <laughs> what is the story behind Angel and Buffy? Okay. Um, so Angel, uh, in season one, we meet Angel and he's just super dreamy mm -hmm. and Buffy is quickly got a thing for him and he helps her fight vampires and he's all mysterious. And then you find out he's also a vampire, but then you find out he's a vampire with a soul. Mm. Uh, and so it gets muddled as Buffy goes on, but basically vampires don't have souls, which makes them evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Angel was the worst. He was the worst of the worst vampires. Uh, if you ever watch the Angel show, they go into that more, and it sort of gets all cool anti-hero-y. But 
he did something so bad that he was cursed with having his soul back. Ooh. So technically he's not evil anymore, but his whole thing is that he remembers every single person he killed. So he just feels okay. the guilt of it all. He's like, the, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so he, he feels the need to help and do something. And somehow that equates to him helping out Buffy, which then equates to him falling in love with Buffy, mm-hmm. which I guess. Okay, so here's the big thing. He <laughs> says something like, I've been in love with one girl for 243 years. And I was like, say what? I'm like, so it was Buffy. Okay, two, this is a two-part question. One, was Buffy born with it or was it um, bestowed upon her as a teenager? Or was she born and that she knew as like a kid that this was going to happen, that she was oh. going to be a slayer? So what happens is every, every, like there are specific women born with the potential Got to it. be a slayer. But since there can only be one slayer, when a slayer dies, you're then activated. Yes. So when they die, you suddenly get these powers. Mm-hmm. They have prophetic dreams where they can see like monsters uh, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're contacted by the watchers. So it's sort of like it's always there inside you. It awakens. Exactly. Okay. That sort it's of activated. thing. Activate it. Yeah. Okay. So then going back to um, Angel says, I've been in love with one girl for 243 years. And I was like, why for 243 years has he been in love with Buffy when she's only 17 or It's 16? clearly because she's blonde. Like that's, <laughs> the, well, it, it sucks now because I don't know if you guys know anything about Joss Whedon, but Joss Whedon, like, he molded who I was pop culturally growing up between Buffy and Angel and Firefly and the way they all talk and the pop culture references. It had this big impact on me and I loved his shows and I still love his shows, but only recently, as of I guess like the past five years, it came out that he's actually kind of a creepy dude. Oh, I hate mm. that. That's not, it's happening to, nothing is sacred anymore. <laughs> One Tree Hill was the same way. Yeah. Come on, with the showrunner of that too. And so it, it, while Buffy's still great, and there were still amazing writers on that show, Jane Espenson, Marty Noxon, um, are two great female writers who started out on that show. It, it just sort of came out that he was using his position as a director and a writer to take advantage of actresses mm-hmm. beneath him. And now it's hard to watch Buffy and be like, man, you thought you were Angel, weren't you? Yeah, like- <laughs> true. Speaking of Firefly, this is totally off the rails, but I um, volunteered at a Comic-Con a few years ago, and Jewel, I was like stationed with Jewel State all day. She's amazing. She was um, wouldn't look me in the eyeballs. It was um, not to. I don't mean to crush her for you, but she wasn't very nice to me. But it was cool to see all the fans like bringing like someone brought like a nude picture of her. Like she wasn't fully nude, but she was like in a tub. It was like a very sexy picture, and she was so uncomfortable about it. It was hilarious. But I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like I stood with her all day. I took like three hundred pictures just taking people's phones and, and being like, oh, okay. Mm. But it was interesting. Yeah. Well, you were the help. I was the help. You can't yes. give the, any respect to the help. For or sure, else they, for sure, yeah. for sure. But anyway, go on. We can go on with Buffy. <laughs> so Buffy and her mom have an interesting relationship. Reason I'm saying that is because when Buffy is <laughs> at home sick, I guess we could say because she's hearing all she these can read like, minds, yep, yeah, she can hear everyone's thoughts. So she's like kind of going off the rails a little bit. Uh, it's driving her crazy, and she reads that she reads her mom's mind that her mom had sex with Giles. And, like, she brings it up. <laughs> who, who is ostensibly her teacher, librarian, somewhat male father figure. So it's right. 
It is the equivalent of finding out your mom boned your, it your is, librarian. It yeah. is a hilarious concept of just like when you know someone can read your mind, you're just thinking everything you no. don't want them to ever know about you and you're just like ripping thoughts that are like awful. I love it. <laughs> it's actually Xander, really Xander is hilarious in this episode. It's so good. One of my favorite things about about Buffy and, and again, Joss Whedon writing in general is I love the ensemble take on any show. I love the idea of here's one thing. Now, how do these seven different people react to it? Mm -hmm. So I love through this episode, you hear all the different like Xander can't stop thinking about naked women. Uh, She finds out that uh, her mom slept with Giles. Uh, Willow is all anxious. Probably my two favorites, though, are Oz, who is Buffy knows my thoughts. Buffy thinks Therefore, Buffy is me. Yeah, it's Buffy amazing. is everyone. I loved that. I love Seth Green. Big it's fan. So super philosophical. But then I absolutely love that Cordelia's is always, why do I have to be here? And then she says, why do I have to be here? <laughs> that is great. That is really funny. Yeah, it'll be fun. And did you see Nancy Doyle's face in English class today? Yeah. She's, she's hardly even human anymore. How can I be your friend now? Her. She doesn't need me. No, I do need you. Okay. What are you talking about? Because you are so creepy right now. I think there must be uh, some precedence for occurrences such as this. I'll, I'll research it. Uh, Wesley, can you give me a hand? Of course. Where do you think we should start? I am my thoughts. If they exist in her, Buffy contains everything that is no, me, no, and she becomes me. I cease to exist. Hmm. What am I going to do? I think about sex all the time. Sex. Help. Four times five is 30. Five times six is 32. Naked girls, naked women, (laughs) naked Buffy. Oh, stop me. God, Xander, is that all you think about? Actually, bye. (laughs) Xander has just illustrated something. Chances are you're all going to be thinking whatever you least want Buffy to hear. It's a question, of course, of mental discipline. He's right. Look at Cordelia. No, don't look at Cordelia. She's a student. Oh, I am bad. I'm a bad, bad man. Excuse me. What's it like, Buffy? I don't know. I mean, it's a little weird, but... Like, please don't for a second think that I don't need you, because I do. I want to share this with you. It's like all these doors are opening to all these little worlds, and I can just walk right inside. No one else exists either. Buffy is all of us, we think. Therefore, she is. She knows so much. She knows what Oz is thinking. I never knew that. Before long, she'll know him better than I do. No, don't think that. I can't help it, Buffy. I'm sorry, I just can't. Uh, If you don't need me, I'm going to follow the redhead. Guess I won't be writing that book, Winning Friends Through Telepathy. Whatever. I wonder when I can go. Whatever. Can I go? So what's, are, are they friends? Yeah, like, I was going to question that, too. Shit. Like, what's the story behind their entire friend, friend Yeah, group? I literally was like, are we supposed to believe that Xander and Oz are, like, friends? Okay, so Willow and Xander are the first two people she meets. They're her friends. And they're dating at, in, at this point. No. Oh. No, Will, Willow and, I said, did I say Willow and Xander or Willow and Oz? Oh, no, Willow and Oz are dating. Okay, Willow and Oz are dating. Okay, but and, Willow and Xander, the, okay, I got confused, sorry. Yeah. yeah, Willow and Xander are Buffy's friends. Oz is dating Willow. Oz is a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Oh, do we know this at that point? Yes. Okay. He's already turned into a werewolf a couple of times at that point. Oh. And then Cordelia used to date Xander, but they don't date anymore. And Cordelia just kind of hangs 
I mean, if you found out that monsters routinely attacked your school and you at one point were friends with the one woman who could save you from those monsters, you'd probably spend a little more time with them than usual. (laughs) And then you have Giles, who's the... Well, okay, so technically Giles is no longer Buffy's watcher because he went against the council's rules. This is a completely another episode, but basically at one point, the council takes away Buffy's powers and makes her fight a vampire without powers to see if she'll survive. It's this cruel ritual thing, and Giles goes against the council. He's like, "I won't do this." I he think he clearly thinks of Buffy like a daughter, and he gets fired. So they bring in Wesley, the new Watcher, who in season three of Buffy you're supposed to hate. He's stodgy. He goes by the books. He sucks. But as the show goes on, and he pops up an angel. He has become one of the, he's absolutely one of the best characters ever on any show ever. I've heard the term Wesley Wyndham Price Award used for a character that has the best arc. Okay. Um, but it, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> okay. Don't I really enjoy the whole Angel Buffy verse. It's hard to talk about one specific episode when it's a show that you're like super into. Yeah. So it happens all the time. <laughs> so you don't have to apologize. <laughs> I did have a question, and this is kind of like a universal question. It doesn't have anything really to do with the show. But when they're interviewing people, because in the one part of the episode, Buffy hears that someone in the cafeteria wants to kill everyone in the school. So her friends are interviewing people because they're trying to figure out what person did it. And Xander is interviewing a guy that says he's gay. Is that Ice from Hocus Pocus? Yes, it is. Wait, I I IMDb'd it and I couldn't find it. It didn't pop up. Yeah, I said the same thing. I thought thing. so. I thought I so. I literally thought the same thing. I IMDb it, and I don't think it popped up, but I, I literally was like, that's Ice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Ernie. I, was, I mean, Ice. Yeah, yeah I was so distracted by that. Like, I was like, that's definitely Ice, right? Hollywood. <laughs> oh, I love it. I thought the same thing. Is he on the show often, or is he just, like, just in the show? Uh, or he, just in this episode? He's a fun side character that pops up from time to like, time. Like, randomly. In an earlier episode, he's an alpha male who's constantly, like, grabbing Buffy's ass and, mm. and beating boys up and then you find out he's gay oh my god that's so like typical like that was like on Glee too where like the football player is like this big bully and then he comes out as being gay see that's another thing I've noticed about Buffy like like any good show it had it did everything so well that now so many other shows do it mm-hmm. so when you watch Buffy you're like oh every show in the world does this and you're like yeah because Buffy like Open the doors. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's good stuff. I, I can't help but watch like modern teen shows and be like, God, they this would Buffy. not exist without Buffy. <laughs> like, <laughs> but in all fairness, Buffy wouldn't exist without the X-Files or the Twilight Zone or stuff like that. Right. Right. What's the, what's the actual shooter's name? Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. There's something so sad about that last scene. It was like so heartbreaking because you, th- you, everyone, you think he's gonna shoot up the whole school, and right. I was like, no, I'm gonna shoot myself. It's absolutely. Well, we have talked about how like the buildup of Buffy making her way up there is so hysterical. <laughs> I mean, it is, and that's like the first time besides her fighting, I'm seeing her like she's like running up powers. Yeah. yeah, like big jumps, huge. And jumps. then the girl that like hates her is like, I could have done that. Yeah, right, right. she's a good addition. I thought that was Anna Klumsky at first. Like, what just what you know, Anna Klumsky from um, either Veep or what's the movie with the bees? My girl. My girl. Yeah. Oh thanks. shit. Thank you. Oh, no, <laughs> no. but she Random guest like who's her. not yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, my girl is what I was going for. But yeah, no, definitely like super like emotional scene, especially because you totally think like, oh, that like that's the guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then 
it's kind of like plot twist. Like, nope, that's not the thought that you heard, but you just ended up saving another life. Yeah, wow. N- not to get too deep, but I'm going to get too deep. Get deep. Because rewatching <laughs> this episode, I was really struck by how bloody clever it is. Because really, yes, she can read minds, but what it's really saying is like, what do we think versus what's true? And what do we see versus what actually is? And they do that so many times throughout the episode, but they but they do it best with Jonathan because they 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 go someone's going to kill everybody in the school. They immediately jump to school shooter, which is scary because that was twenty years ago mm-hmm. before Columbine, and they immediately jump to school shooter. And then you f- meet the school shooter, and it's not the school shooter. Right. It turns out he's just going to kill himself. And the episode does that so well. You know, what do we see versus what's actually going on? Right. Right. There's a. I. I think it's this. I meant to write it down. I think it was. And I've been watching a lot of TV recently, but they're talking about shooters, and I think Seth Green says something like it's bordering untrendy or something. Yeah. Does he say that's what he? He does. And he, it's. I, I hate that that's just like the most trendy thing. Like it, it's not trendy, but it is so relevant yeah. still. It will never be not relevant, relevant, which right? is awful. That mm-hmm. scares me because, and maybe I was just young and, and didn't really understand, but when Columbine happened, that was the first time I'd ever heard about anything like that ever happening. Obviously it had happened before. There was that guy who went up into a clock tower with a rifle, but Columbine was such a big deal mm-hmm. uh, in 1999. And for Seth Green, for a character to have that line written before Columbine happened, mm-hmm. and to think of it now, 20 years later, at a time where like children now go through active shooter drills, yep. you know? It, yep. It it absolutely just frightens me. It, yeah. it really does. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that uh, the episode ended the way it did, and right, right, it doesn't actually have to happen for it to be as powerful as it was. Yeah, it's good. And so, like we said, at that point, you find out that Jonathan is not the active shooter. So then they're kind of going in like panic mode, almost trying to figure out who whose thought that was. Um, Producer Matt asked me to bring up his personal favorite scene. When Xander finds out that it's the lunch lady and he's watching her put um, he's watching her put the rat poisoning and the food and like just his face while he's watching it. It's, <laughs> it's it, pretty hilarious. It's wonderful because they've technically both caught each other doing something wrong because Xander was trying to steal jello <laughs> from the cafeteria and the lunch lady is poisoning all the students <laughs> and they both have the same face. You caught me look. Yeah. It is great. I, I also love the idea of someone just with a huge box of rat poison. It's <laughs> right, just like so blatantly right. obvious. It's like, uh, he <laughs> caught me. There's also so many people in the cafeteria. I love. I also love the scene of him just like smashing everything out of everybody's hand. I yeah. love. He's such a like clumsy, dorky, but like such a dreamboat. And then the fight scene between Buffy and the lunch lady oh, is man. fucking hilarious. Where she's roundhouse kicking. Yeah. <laughs> she like... throws her across the cafeteria. <laughs> I wonder, did did Sarah Michelle Gellar do any like training? Did she? do a lot of her own stunts or from what i understand yes she learned martial arts and she did a bunch of that stuff Mm -hmm. but every time i've watched buffy i go she doesn't look like she's very good at martial arts yeah you know it's right it's a secret power right exactly yeah yeah so if you could have one power from a demon like buffy had and she could hear people's thoughts what would that power be what would you want that power to be i just want to fly me too. I totally agree. Yeah, me too. Like, I feel like 
in the past, I always used to be like, yeah, I want to read people's minds. But then it's like, one, I don't want to hear the horrible no. things that people think about me. <laughs> and the, there's that scene in the episode where she's walking and she hears the guy being like, Buffy's so beautiful. And she stops and then his mind goes on and she runs away. Yeah, he's like, she's so hot. Look I, at that yeah. body. He's like, I just want to pin her up against the yeah. lockers. Yeah. I could only imagine being a woman and having to hear anybody's inner thoughts mm, ever. 100%. Right. Yeah. But even as a man, I would I would just hate it. Just walking around, I'd have to like all my friends that I'm not sure if they're bad people. I'd know if they're bad right. people. Right? Yeah. You. I mean, that's just like uh, like anytime I see something where someone like steals someone's phone to read the text. Right. Like, even if they're not saying anything specifically bad, you're not gonna like what you find. Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. no one needs to be in anybody else's head ever. But I have two more questions about the universe. One. Do is it a well-known fact that there's demons and like extra uh, in I, the world? You know, it's one of those flaws that I think exists in all TV shows mm -hmm. where there's supernatural monsters. Is it's that no one ever seems to know they're supernatural monsters? Because the Slayers are doing their job so well. Exactly. <laughs> so, so as Matt just pointed out, two episodes after this at the prom, they give Buffy an award called School Protector. Because it turns out, though everyone acts like they don't know there are demons, they do know. Okay. And they're appreciative of it. And that was my next question, meaning, like, if that was true, do they know that Buffy is a slayer or, like, fights? And maybe not slayer specifically. They don't know the background of how you become a slayer, but do they know that she is a bad bitch protecting uh, them? I mean, even in earshot alone, they watch her basically backflip up onto the roof. Yes. Bust through the clock tower. They may not know what happens up there, but then they watch her roundhouse kick the uh, lunch lady into submission. So if they don't know she's a so slayer, casually. they know something's going on. She's just on. a third degree black belt. Yeah. Right, exactly. This just is what she does. Explain it away. Yeah, jo Jonathan's a recurring character. He pops up a few more times, but in, in that prom episode, he does give Buffy that award. So it's this nice little nod. Good. So typically um, for shows that are no longer on the air, we do a little segment called like, where is the cast now? Um, so we're going to do that. So uh, oh, Sarah no. Michelle Geller, oh, no. she is most notably from the crazy ones. Um, which is, I think, is that a movie or a TV show? Oh, that was a TV show TV with Robin show? Williams right. before he died. Right. So that's been a while since she's done anything. Right. And her biggest role, this says, is being married to Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which I is actually is fucked up. No, it's actually his amazing. His biggest role is being yeah. married to her. He oh, I love that. He was like my fucking heartthrob in the 90s. Fucking ride for Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. So hot. Were they both in I Know What You Did Last Summer? They they were, and they and were both in Scooby Doo. Scooby, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Which one was first? Not that that makes sense. I at think all they met on I know what you did last summer, actually. Okay, and then and then they did Scooby Doo yeah. together, okay. and, and they, they were actually thing. love interest in Scooby Doo. Love yeah. it. So they've been married since two thousand two. Wow. So we just need recognition for that because you don't see that often. Yeah, you don't. In they the don't celebrity last. world, I like it. Um, and she's a mom of two kids, Charlotte and Rocky. So, you know what, Sarah? I personally think you're killing it. So, good good oh, stuff. Yeah. I actually looked up Freddie Prince Jr.'s Instagram a couple weeks ago because I was like, what's he doing? And he is a silver fox. He's a Jedi, too. Yeah. He, he put out an amazing argument about why you people should stop complaining about Star Wars. It was, it was very well written, even if I didn't completely agree with him. He means the new movies, why people should stop complaining about the new movies? I, I think just overall in general. Oh, okay. Um, I think he's in one of the shows. I think he plays a Jedi. Okay. So he, it was a good argument about like, I don't think, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> 
So Nicholas Brennan, who oh, no. Brendan, sorry, who plays Buffy's BFF Xander, uh, went to rehab in 2004 oh, and then again yeah. in 2010, following an incident with police, and was arrested in 2014 and twice in 2015. Yeah, Eventually, checked himself into a 90-day treatment program for depression in late 2015. After later admitting he attempted suicide that September. I was reminded that he um, was on Criminal Minds as I love Criminal Minds, but he was a love interest for Garcia, which I wouldn't have even picked out because I don't I don't know him or love right. him as something like you would yeah, for yeah. Buffy. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, right. OK, well, I like that. Criminal Minds. It's not bad. So yeah. somewhere in the middle of all of that um, drama in his life. I hate reading stuff about that when it's like a celebrity that you like. It's really sad. It's yeah. just like terrible because like. You put in your like mindset, especially when it's a show that you're into. Like you're like that person is my friend, and like we're like we're like ride or die. We hang out on the weekends, yeah. and then like when you hear what they're like actually going through in real life, it's like yeah. really fucking sad. I and I don't like, like hearing that. I was actually really upset. Fun <laughs> I'm sad. About to cry. A fun sad fact: <laughs> If you've ever wanted to meet Nicholas Brendan and you don't care that he has now become a mess, he apparently makes money now by doing karaoke tours. Like, he was in Philly a couple years ago, and you could pay to sing karaoke with him at a bar. I might do I think that. we should do that. <laughs> I love My that. favorite episode of goes to Philly and sings karaoke with Xander. I love to hear the wacky stuff that celebrities do to make money, because I'm like, I might pay for that. I mean, and if they get a little creative, I'm like, okay, let's do it. I mean, if you're a little bit washed up, it's yeah. like, you're there's still, still people that love you. There's still people that love you. So, Allison Hannigan, who plays Willow. Um, most of you would know her from the American Pie movies. That's what I know her from. And then also from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. So she's still thriving, I would say. She's I was going to say, it. if I didn't love the way she talked, I would hate her. Like, I, I okay. love her. I'm, I, me and my brothers, my brother love American Pie. All the American Pie movies. We saw American Reunion at midnight. We're obsessed. So I love her to death. But I think if I didn't love her already i might be like because she's this that same kind of like oh right ditzy, bubbly, bubbly yeah, voice yeah. that i'm like everything ends in like an upbeat note everything she says but i'm like i love her to death so it's good but i was thinking during this episode i was like i might not like her if i didn't already love her so she's married to wesley the alexis denisoff the character who plays wesley who was also in this episode they're married wait wesley the other watcher uh, the oh. more English watcher. No way. Yes, they're Are they, they're is married. There an age gap there? I have no idea. Oh, because uh, I I'm picturing the two, the two um, older British gentlemen as older British gentlemen, and, and her I, as a teenager. Yeah, yeah, of course. Wow, that's but interesting. They're married, and he's American. He's American. He's not even British. Okay, so so that definitely means that there is a, they have to be British. <laughs> the like the watchers or right. whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. 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 Okay. Seth Green is uh the voice of robot chicken he's the one of the voices from family guy and he is the voice of i'm assuming one of the ninja turtles from the teenage mutant ninja turtle movie it doesn't say who <laughs> but it just says he's the voice of i believe he's it. kicking ass i've heard him yeah, on a podcast recently and he he like he really is kicking ass he might not be the leading man of of any big movies but he's doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff yeah he's, I, he's doing great i don't think people give him enough credit because i think he basically like modernized claymation mm -hmm. with robot chicken yeah so and then lastly we are going to talk about charisma charisma Is that her carpenter name? charisma yes. carpenter uh she played cordelia mm -hmm. cordelia okay 
<laughs> I'm not good with names, guys. <laughs> he played. She played Joe. Yeah, she played um, Joe. Um, Joe Delia. <laughs> and she was found on Charmed and Veronica Mars, which is actually hilarious because those are like the two most similar shows. I feel like to like the like corny like Buffy style thing. Right. So she's just like really doing it. Um, and she was also <laughs> on Greek and the Lion Game. Um, off screen, she's the mom to a son, Donovan, who she shares custody with, with her ex, Damian Hardy. Is Damian Hardy a famous person? Don't know. Is his name coming up blue? Nope. Okay. Nope. Just, just, a, ran- on. just a random guy. <laughs> At Wikipedia. Hashtag. He plays Joe. He plays Joe. He plays yeah. Joe. I think we should also give a shout out to Anthony Stewart Head, who plays Giles, and who is a pretty well-renowned British actor. Mm-hmm. He was in Doctor Who, and and I just don't want to leave him out because he's British. No, okay. totally fine. Yeah, totally we do fine. not discriminate here, hundred percent. I don't no. like to do the whole cast because then I feel like we're here for a while, uh, and like yeah. I'm just wasting everyone's that. time. So I just did the front group. But uh, thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. So before we wrap it up, we're going to talk to Joe about his company. Is this yes. what we consider a company called Dark Hills Gaming. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Absolutely. So Dark Hills Gaming is an immersive experience company uh a better way of putting it is we bring movies to life at the current moment we're pretty much specializing in horror we've done a number of immersive horror events like uh we've done a a horror summer camp where you come and you do camp activities and then you have to fight a man in a mask and not die This is so amazing. I know. This it's like is the like best thing I've ever heard so in my entire life. So fucking like fascinating mm-hmm. to me that I just like, we're gonna, we have to stop. Let him talk. No, no. But where <laughs> is this area wise? Uh, so we do it all over the place. Okay. This year, actually, we've got um, February 29th at the Ruba Club in Philadelphia. We're having an event called the Bloody Valentine Ball, which is a horror themed retro high school prom. Whoa. There's a lot, a lot of, a lot of things there. But what that basically means is come in formal wear. There's going to be music. There's going to be monsters. And at the end of the night, somebody is going to get the full carry treatment. Oh wow. yeah, love that. That, that is, is amazing. Good stuff. That's is that the, is that what you're working on now? You do one at a time. Th- that type? is our that is our most upcoming event. However, we do have an event in Georgia in July. Wow, actually, okay. at a, at one of the camps where they filmed Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. we're doing a uh, a bloody summer camp, and we are trying to do a blood drive slash immersive Buffy the Vampire Slayer event in September. Mm. Amazing! Nice. So into this. How do how do we like search this? How do we plug yourself so we can? Look oh yes! Up? Oh my God! I forgot to do that. You can go to darkhillsgaming.com. Okay. We have a list of our events. We have uh, ways that you can buy tickets and stuff like that you can find us on facebook at either dark hills gaming on facebook or camp blood survivors which is sort of our fan group um and i believe that's it i'm in that's awesome so everybody check it out because that is fucking fascinating and a lot cooler than anything me and kathleen are doing (laughs) (laughs) so true so true but i'm gonna get in on it i'm gonna buy tickets yes And I'm probably going to send producer Matt to go with Kathleen to take <laughs> footage of it because I'm afraid of everything <laughs> and I will not survive. You can dump blood all over me if you want. It's all good. Call her Carrie. You call me Carrie. <laughs> call me Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps it up for today. Thank you, Joe, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and tune in, tune in next week for another episode.
Saturday, February 29th. Throw on your bloody black tie best and join Dark Hills Gaming for a night of dancing, drinking, and horror. All in the name of charity. Proceeds from the Bloody Valentine Ball will go to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. The ball will be a gore-filled gala that will immerse you in a horror-themed high school dance, complete with prom pictures, interactive events, and a horror memorabilia auction. Two lucky guests will be voted Horror King and Queen, complete with full carry treatment. There will be a bloody bar, so bring cash and your ID. This is a 21-plus only event. Buy your ticket now at darkhillsgaming.com and help us support the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.